brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody online looking good. I'm kind of in the mood for some stimulating conversation. Start sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, get in on the discussion now. Lines are open. And now, here's your host, Richie L. And I've got a couple of websites for you, christiantalkthatrocks.net or christiantalkthatrocks.com. Live on our email address is talk2richiel at gmail.com, T-A-L-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com. Talk to Richiel at gmail.com. Several ways to get this broadcast in podcast format and locale. Here is just a handful. Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, Radio.net, Deezer, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, just to name a few. Flagship station WMVA, the Gold Rush, which can be found at WMVARadio.com, Odyssey.com, and Radio.net, where they rebroadcast Friday show 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. Also, newest affiliate, Net News Network, which can be found at NetNewsNetwork.net. In fact, Friday show is up there at NetNewsNetwork.net. They do uh, post uh, select episodes of Christian Talk That Rocks. They are a news site. A news site. Actual journalism happens there. Okay, real journalism. Also, Thunderous Radio. Thunderous Radio streaming this broadcast live as they do every Monday through Friday, uh, barring any technical issues, from 2.06, approximately 2.06 p.m. Eastern till approximately 4 p.m. Again, that's East Coast Time USA. And uh, they can be found, just search Thunderous Radio, just search them at streamiter.com, streamiter.com, radio.net, radio.net, and mytuner.com, mytuner.com. Live on your email address, also talk to richiel at gmail.com, T-A-L-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com, talk to richiel at gmail.com. Got it? Okay. Things are ramping up a bit in the Ukraine and in Europe. 
And there's a lot of dynamics going on in Europe right now besides just the Ukrainian-Russian war. In fact, there are uh, some countries in Eastern Europe and, in fact, Eurasia. They're saying, you know, food is getting so scarce around here. Food shortages are starting to happen. We're not shipping any food out of here, especially to the West. We're not. Sh- we're we're hanging on to what we got. In France, the um, many of the transportation workers, truckers, etc., going on strike, threatening strike. That will create more shortages. You also have the UK, the United Kingdom, which, by the way, they're going to send a few a few tanks. We're sending a few tanks to the Ukrainians. Brits are sending a few, not many. This is being reported by Jack Montgomery, theblaze.com. British military unable to protect the UK or allies after years of cuts. Britain's armed forces are no longer able to play a full role in NATO or defend the homeland after years of cutbacks, that according to British defense sources. With a senior American general warning London that it has a, a barely tier two force. Broadcaster Sky News is reporting multiple British defense resources uh, and sources lamenting Britain's military decrepitude with one warning that the bottom line is that the armed forces will be unable to protect the UK and our allies for a decade despite extremely heightened tensions with Russia and increasingly tenuous relations with communist China, particularly in the South China Sea, among other dangers. So they're not in too good a shape right now. Other NATO powers have been blunt with the British government with a high-ranking U.S. general reportedly telling the British Defense Secretary that Britain was no longer on the level of Tier 1 powers like America, China, and Russia, but barely Tier 2. The level of countries like neutered former Axis powers Germany and Italy. Quote, we have a wartime prime minister and a wartime chancellor, one British defense source emphasized, referring to Rishi Sunak and his de facto finance minister Jeremy Hunt. Uh, Quote, history will look back at the choices they make in the coming weeks as fundamental to whether this government genuinely believes that its primary duty is the defense of the realm or whether that is just a slogan to be given a lip service, they added. In reality, despite traditionally being seen as the party of the armed forces and law and order, Britain's governing conservative Tory party has seen the military and the police in particular as easy targets for heavy government spending cuts since they regained office from the uh, Labour Party. And that was back in 2010, by the way, if you recall. Defense has also simply not been a priority for the nationally right-wing party with the Green Agenda and foreign aid, for example, having been largely spared the cuts inflicted elsewhere in the name of fiscal discipline. Tobias Selwood, a senior Conservative Party backbencher, who heads the House of Commons Defense Select Committee, conceded that years of cutbacks had left the armed forces in a dire state. Our army is simply too small. We have cut down by 10,000 troops, he told Sky News. It's up to the Treasury and number 10... Prime Minister's reference to an office to recognize the world is changing. We are now at war in Europe. We need to move to a war footing, he said. We have become complacent. We need to invest to make sure we retain people. 
the good people that are there, but there are not enough of them. And the equipment is now obsolete. That's not too good. You think Putin doesn't know all this? You think China doesn't know all this? Of course they do. Of course they do. They're fully aware of this. They're fully aware of this. Here's what's happening uh, in Denmark. It's not just UK. It's it's all over NATO because, you see, we've been doing the heavy lifting for them for years. That's why Trump sort of jumped on them a few years back, you might recall, and said, look, we can't keep just shelling out all this money to take care of you guys. You need to kind of start taking care of yourselves in terms of defense. You need to beef up your armies and, you know, make, make more of your own tanks and planes and things and take care of some of this yourself. We can't just completely do it all the time. And he's right. See, they haven't had to do a lot of heavy lifting in recent years. So they've kind of let their military slide and their defense forces slide because good old USA has been there, you know, setting up military bases all over Europe to cover their high ends, which costs us a ton of money. And they need to start doing some of that heavy lifting themselves. He was right on that. One of the things I agreed with him on. I know it ticked a lot of people off. Oh, well, let them get ticked off. It's the truth. We can't be the babysitter for all of Europe. Come on. Danish defense chief calls for female military conscription, citing Russian threat. Uh, this also being reported by Kurt Zendulka. Of Breitbart.com, women should be open to be conscripted into the military in light of the threat posted by Vladimir Putin's Russia, Denmark's defense minister suggested this week. He's going to start conscripting the gals. In other words, drafting the gals. Jacob Elliman Jensen, the deputy prime minister and minister of defense of Denmark, said that at present, the NATO country is unable to defend itself and therefore should seek to expand the ranks of its armed forces. Appearing on TV, too, the defense minister said that this effort should include expanding conscription, that means drafting, including drafting women into the military. Uh, Eleven Jensen of the center-right liberal party said that the country cannot merely rely on volunteers and therefore should consider changing laws surrounding conscription to allow everyone, including women, to be eligible for the draft, the Copenhagen Post reported. Quote, the armed forces would benefit from more women coming in, he said, Going on to warn that if Putin wins this war, he will continue. He must lose. The defense minister's comments drew some pushback in Denmark, including from within the Social Democrat Party of Prime Minister uh, Matt Frederiksen, the second woman to serve as the elected leader of the country. Social Democrat Simon Kollerup also said that while he would like to increase the number of women in the military, he did not agree with the idea of conscripting females, claiming that there should be a more modern way of approaching the challenge of gender equality in the armed forces. See, they're more concerned about equality than defense. Yeah, Putin doesn't care about your equality. Nor does China. At present, uh, all healthy men are summoned to Defense Day in Denmark, in which... They draw numbers for possible conscription. Those who draw between one and 8,000 are eligible to be forced to serve in the military, even in peacetime, for a four- to 12-month term. Women are invited to enter into the draw if they wish. However, they are not required to participate. 
The Scandinavian country currently has between 7,000 and 9,000 professional troops, in addition to the conscripts going through their basic training terms. The idea of forcing women into the military has drawn some support from within the armed forces community, including its largest trade union, the Central Association of Armed Forces Personnel, as well as the Conscription Council and female veterans. So they're, they're in such bad shape. They're saying, you know what? You gals might need to step up and grab a rifle and join us. And we're going to force you to do it. You know, that's how, that's how uh, weak some of these... Um, some of these militaries are over there. Of course, um, we've got uh, Biden greenlighting the delivery of tanks to the Ukraine. It's being reported by Michaela Burrow, Daily Caller News Foundation. We see multiple countries stepping up to s- send a strong message of support. Um, there are uh, several European countries that are trying to send some hardware, you know, artillery and bazookas and whatever. Uh, the Biden administration has now approved delivery of three M1 Abrams main battle tanks, which, by the way, are the most sophisticated and complicated tanks on the planet. They're incredibly sophisticated. They're very, they're very computerized. The, the, these tanks cost hundreds of millions of bucks a piece, or tens of millions of bucks, whatever it is. They're 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 <laughs> they're worth more than. Um, some skyscrapers. I mean, these, th- these things are are really worth a lot of money. I mean, it costs a lot of money to build these things. They're very expensive tanks. Very expensive. They uh, have a lot of sophisticated computer technology that's in them. Uh, it's one of the things that makes them very dangerous for an enemy, but you, you can't just learn how to operate one of these in, you know, like a weekend training session. <laughs> okay? So... I suspect, I'm just sort of doing 1 plus 1 equals 2 here, that when we send these tanks, we're going to send some training personnel with them because it's going to take a while to get these Ukrainians up to speed. The tanks that they've been using are more like driving tractors. This is a whole different world. These things are incredibly sophisticated. They're incredibly sophisticated. They've got a lot of hardware on them, a lot of uh, modern technology, and, and that's what makes them, in part, so dangerous because they're incredibly sophisticated tanks. And there's uh, operational systems in them that you have to learn, and they're fairly complex. It's not just you know something you can just toss, you know, just toss somebody in there and say, okay, here's the button, push it, and now you're ready to drive it. It's it's not, it's not that simple, uh, unfortunately. Now, this delivery represents a long-term commitment to Ukraine's defense and will support Germany's announcement from earlier Wednesday to deliver, along with partners, two battalions' worth of German-made tanks. A senior administration official said on a conference call, Abrams tanks will provide Ukraine with a critical capability to defend and take back Ukrainian territory from Russia, multiple officials said, and follows Kiev's demand for heavy armor. Uh, while the Abrams are certainly a great offensive weapon, there's only 31 of them. I just don't see, even if they get these German-made tanks along in there with them, probably going to be about the same amount, roughly 60 tanks, I just don't see that as a big defense spearhead when Russia's sitting there with hundreds of tanks. I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I think they'll be used probably more as a key 
strategic defensive weapon, which they can be used defensively as well, the Abrams, but, um, I mean, they're better used out the, you know, out in, in a place where they can maneuver, but I, I just don't see some general patent like spearhead with a bunch of artillery, with a bunch of, uh, rather armored, uh, vehicles and tanks just smashing through Putin's lines. I don't see that. Could be wrong, but I just don't see that there's enough of them. Now, if we were sending them two or three hundred of these things, well, yeah, yeah, then yeah. they Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Could probably overrun Putin's lines in a week, but just 31. Yeah, I don't see it. I just don't see it. We see multiple countries across the board coalition. We built stepping up to send a strong message of support to our long-term commitment to Ukraine, a second official has said. Senior U.S. leaders have engaged in repeated conversations with Germany and other European partners in recent weeks, including the Ukrainian Defense Contract Group, which was at summit at Ramstein Air Base in Germany last week, culminating in what the second official characterized as a show of unity and long-term support for Ukraine. Of course, President Biden has held multiple phone calls with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, in January, to coordinate security assistance, the official said. So we'll we'll see what happens. Is this coming to an escalation of perhaps a World War Three scenario? Something so. I'll give you my thoughts on that. This this thing is not. It seems like it's just becoming a vortex that's sucking everything and everybody into it, this Russia-Ukraine thing. And it's, uh, I think, getting very dangerous. Back with more. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers, plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website 
website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Hi, I'm Roanoke. Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Due to the strong Christian views, factual subject matter, and truthful content, this show may not be suitable for certain wimps, weenies, or crybabies. Lester discretion is advised. Here's your host, Richie L. Here's where I believe we're at with all of this. Are we close to a World War, Th- World War Three uh, type of scenario? Maybe. Maybe. Not the apocalypse that's in the Bible and Armageddon and all that. That's down the road. That takes place during the time of the Great Tribulation. We're not there. Uh, we're getting closer every day, certainly. But, but we're not there. Um, unless... More allies jump in to help Putin. Now, the Iranians have provided killer drones. I wonder where they got that technology. The Iranians have provided killer drones. Um, China's provided a little bit of assistance, but China's also been very cautious towards and to Putin, and they pretty much want to know an end, an end game to this. They, they're not, they're getting a little frustrated, I think, with Putin that this is kind of going on and on. And it's disruptive to their commerce in in some aspects, and they don't like that. Because anything that pinches the, the uh, Chinese dollar, if you will, they don't like. Because the Chi-Coms, deep down, deep, 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 deep down, uh, that that is to say the ones that run the government are greedy capitalist pigs, okay? <laughs> They'll never admit that publicly, but they are. They can't, but deep down, that's what they are. So the uh, Chinese party oligarchs, uh, communist Chinese party oligarchs are running things are going, you know, you're kind of cramping our style here. So their support of Putin's pretty darn tenuous right now. Putin, in a sense, unless he gets more, let's say, allied help. And of course, Iran has its own problems right now. They've got a they got riots in the streets and talk of revolution and all this and that. So they've kind of got their own rats to kill. So they're a little limited in what they can do. Uh, in terms of lending some military support or anything like that. There are some smaller allies in that part of the world. You can call them Russian satellite nations if you want. That have kind of rallied around the flag uh, of Russia, so to speak. But again, these are really dinky countries that really, you know, like Belarus, that don't really have big armies and all that. So even what, even if they throw in completely 100% militarily, they don't really add that much more um, military on the playing field. So Putin's kind of isolated in that regard. And he's losing political capital at home. There are people rioting in the streets 
in Russia, too. Not rioting, but uh, protesting, I should say, in the streets in Russia against this war. There's a lot of pushback, a lot of blowback, especially amongst a lot of young Russians who are going to be the ones sent to fight. They don't want to. They don't see this war as very just uh, or very necessary. And they're speaking out about it, more and more of them, and they can't throw them all in gulags. So Putin is losing face on the home front. So he can't sustain this indefinitely. And I've been reading some things that it sounds like he's making some noises that he's open to the possibility of negotiating a peace. Now, what would that look like? Well, that's a good question. I kind of feel like he would be okay with what he's already, let's say, let's just say conquered, which is pretty much the eastern half of present-day Ukraine, most of it, or at least a third of it. Uh, he, he's, he's happy with that. That builds a buffer zone, which is what he's been looking for between him, uh, between Russia, and the rest of NATO, the rest of the European Union. He was alarmed by all the talk of the Ukraine joining NATO because that would put NATO literally on his front porch. He doesn't want that. So he wants, I mean, he's got Belarus and a few other things. You know, there, there's the Crimea and so forth. Those are kind of buffer zones a little bit, but Ukraine was sort of a funnel. If you look at a map, it just looks like a a perfect funnel for NATO to, uh, if they wanted to, to encroach in or maybe attack Russia in uh, in its front door. He also has this delusion of grandeur, if you will, of maybe one day reuniting part of the old Russian Empire, which would include Ukraine and probably a couple others, but um, he's had this vision of doing that. Um, that that may have to go ahead, you know go down the drain, but I think he would be happy with what he already has. He set up two make believe republics in eastern Ukraine. Also, bear in mind that eastern Ukraine is predominantly, not entirely, but predominantly, uh, people who are ethnically Russian. And there's been a bit of a civil war in Ukraine going on for many years. Because those ethnic, I mean, those ethnic uh, Russians that live in eastern Ukraine are not real happy about what's going on in Kiev and with the government. And they've been talking about breaking away for some time, these Russian rebels. So here's Putin basically giving them the opportunity now to do that, to have their own setup, perhaps. So. Is this a good time for Zelensky, maybe, to sit down and negotiate with Putin on, okay, we're going to divvy this stuff up? I think Zelensky's idea, and the idea of many in the West, is not one single Russian boot in the modern boundary lines of Ukraine, period, anywhere. I don't know if at that if this point that's realistic. Because he's still got a pretty significant sized army in eastern Ukraine. And I don't see him pulling out anytime soon. I really don't. So I think for him, victory 
at the, I mean, he would he would like to have all of Ukraine, but I think for him, victory he he's willing to settle for what he has. Just hang on to what he has, and he'll call that victory. Of course, there's a school of thought that says, yeah, well, if you give him mad, it'll be a matter of just a few more years before he decides to take all of Ukraine and maybe push further towards Poland, and who knows where he would stop. And that's, I mean, that's a fair point to make, but at this point, I mean, what are the options? Because I don't see, I just don't see him leaving Ukraine, period. I don't see him bugging out of Ukraine or being pushed out of Ukraine unless a full tilt NATO force comes up against him that uh, is superior to his and just pushes all those guys and all their materials out of, uh, and their tanks and whatever, out of Ukraine completely. Short of that, short of that kind of a campaign, which would be a pretty bloody campaign and involve probably a couple hundred thousand NATO and U.S. forces, which is quite a lot, uh, to push him out of Ukraine, maybe even more than that, to run over the top of him and push him out of Ukraine, I just don't see it happening, short of something like that. Even with the technology that the Ukrainian army is being given given right now, I just don't see them using it in an overtly offensive manner, that is to say, to take a big military offense and just go slam it right at Putin. I don't see it. I see this as more maybe a a defense posture, but not a full offense. The 60-some-odd tanks, or whatever it's going to end up being, it looks like it's probably going to be 60-some-odd, 70-some-odd tanks, that's not really enough to do a big, full-on punch in the nose to Putin's troops and hoping to win. As sophisticated as these Abrams are and some of the other equipment that they've been given by us and the NATO allies, it's not really enough to go on a big offensive war because Putin just has, you know, as as his forces are combined, it's just bigger than Ukraine's. So I just don't see that happening. Um, so I think the best that Zelensky and NATO and the U.S. and whoever else has a dog in the hunt could hope for at this point is some sort of a compromise here, a negotiation. Say, okay, he gets to keep the seizure and third of Ukraine, and Zelensky, you get the rest. I don't think that's that Zelensky's idea of winning the war. I think his idea is booting all Russians uh, out, that is to say Russian military out of Ukraine, out from the borders of Ukraine, period, end of story. But I don't see how in the world Zelensky is going to do that without some serious, I mean, serious help from the Allies, but, but not just tanks, but infantry, air support, I mean, all kinds of stuff, which could do it. I mean, he. I mean, can, can Putin be dislodged from Ukraine? Yes. But the level and cooperation of forces it would take internationally to do that would probably start World War III. So does, and he knows that too. So does anybody really want to go there? That's the thing. That's sort of the dichotomy here. How hard, how far does anybody push until you maybe push too far? And Putin says, okay, I'm, I'm grabbing low-level nukes now. I, I don't know. Could we see out of this before it's all over with a very low-level, very limited nuclear exchange? I hope not. I hope not. We'll have to see. We'll have to see.
It's not going to be Armageddon. That's later. And then how does all this fit into what we see in Ezekiel 38, which is Gog and Magog, which ultimately is Russia and its allies coming down to Israel? Good question. If Putin and the Russians are allowed to keep the eastern one-third of Ukraine, which, by the way, is full of all sorts of natural resources, including great, fertil- great fertilizer and soil, including uh, grain croppage, oil, etc., it's got a lot of natural resources, which is another reason Putin wants it. Uh, if he can get that, and then... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Maybe acquire some more allies, which it seems like it's a pretty big allied force that joins uh, Russia or Gog or whatever in invading down into the Middle East and apparently invading Israel or attempting to. That may be a little time off yet. I don't know because this kind of happened pretty quickly too. But if he can, in his own way, declare a victory, that is to say Putin can, can declare a victory in Ukraine, even if he only gets one-third of the country, I think to him that would be a victory, a big victory that he'll make hay on or try to make hay on, then it opens up other areas potentially in Europe that he could say or that he could attack and say, well, you know, this used to be part of Russia or whatever. So we'll have to see. But that's my take on it. I hope, I hope and pray that we do not put any significant amount of boots on the ground and say get sucked into this thing. Because if I, as I have said, Zelensky is not exactly pure as a driven snow. He's a tyrant too. He shut down radio stations in his own country. They didn't agree with him. He just shut them down. Now they have a, like a Congress of sorts, Ukrainian parliament or whatever it is, but he shut down radio stations. I mean, he's a, he's a censurer. He's done some dictatorial, tyrannical type things. That's why I keep saying, and since it was Putin, obviously, that's why I keep saying this is a little bit like the, this Ukrainian war is a little bit like the Bloods versus the Crips. There's no real good guys in here. Although Zelensky is portraying himself in front of Congress and whoever will listen to him that can provide something for him that he can utilize or use. He's portraying himself as this freedom fighter, you know, sort of a, like, like a reincarnation of George Washington or something. But he's not. If you look at his policies prior to this war, very dictatorial. Very much kind of a political thug. So you, in essence, kind of have, again, two thugs going at each other. To me, that's why I've said this war is a lot like the Bloods versus the Crips. 
That's what we're looking at here. And though what Russia did, I agree, was not good and unethical and violated all kinds of UN rules and international laws and protocols and blah, blah, blah. It's still kind of two thugs going at each other. It really is. So how deep into this um, this war, if you want to call it that, this this con- attempted, attempted conquest, how deep do we want to go in defending Ukraine? And if Russia does keep that eastern one-third of Ukraine for himself, uh, maintain those make-believe republics, whatever, military bases, what have you, does this necessarily mean that Russia is going to come zooming across one day, smashing, you know, in other words, doing a Nazi-style blitzkrieg like Hitler did into Eastern Europe. Is he going to do something like that? I, I kind of got my doubts at this point. Could be wrong. Could very well be wrong. I think that he and his predecessors will use finesse and flattery and land it on heavy to draw some of those small European nations in Eastern Europe to his side, as opposed to just reach out and conquer them. We'll have to, again, we'll have to see, but I suspect that's the way he'll, he and his predecessors will do it. It won't be in all that. We're just coming to grab your territory and your nation. Shut up. I, I don't think that's going to happen much longer or, or that type of thing is going to go down. And what he's doing in Ukraine is going to happen much longer. I think he knows I think Putin knows that he's about to spend all that he's got to spend on this war. Now, he'll flip it to where he's he's the oppressed. Everybody else is the oppressor. He's real good at that. But I think most people are seeing through it, and he's done about all he can do, which is why I think he's kind of open, again, to making hints, at, sort of, that he's open for some kind of negotiation here. I don't think Zelensky's pride at this moment will allow him to take that as a deal. I think victory for Zelensky seemed to be no Russians anywhere left standing uh, in Ukraine. I think that's his definition of victory. I don't know if that's the rest of the world's definition of victory. I don't think it's the definition necessarily of victory with some of our armed force leaders. I think they're, you know, I think their, their idea, their idea is, well, if he can do it, okay, but <laughs> uh, we'll just be happy if they just, he and Putin just come to some sort of negotiation, however that looks like, and, and we're done here. Because, again, the alternative is sucking everything and everybody into this vortex. I think that's what countries are pushing back on or hoping doesn't happen. It looks like it's, again, with this buildup and now heavy-duty armaments being sent. I don't know. Could we be looking at limited nuclear exchanges? I don't know. I hope not. I hope Putin's not that foolish. But we're talking, we're talking Putin here. And I don't know exactly how stable he really is. According to some sources coming out of Russia, he's not. He's also got bad health. And probably on medications. And you know how that happens when you get hooked on certain medications or taking certain medications. You don't necessarily think real straight. He's got some health issues. I don't know, he might be taking some pretty powerful stuff. But we'll have to see. And certainly pray. It's not looking good. More Christian talk that rocks straight ahead. Stand by.
Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the five loves of a Jesus freak. Write them down. Hide them in your heart. Here they are. Love God. Love his word. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor. Love truth. Sound easy? Not likely. If all that does come too easy for you, you're probably not working hard enough. On the other hand, these five loves should become second nature to any authentic Jesus freak if you let God's grace soften your heart. One more time. Love God. Love his word. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor. Love truth. Amen. Jesus Freaks Radio is brought to you by DC Talk, the voice of the martyrs, and this station. Welcome to The Truth Today. What is truth? What does your church teach? What are you willing to learn and turn around? Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great shout, a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds of the earth, from one end of heaven to the other. Such terrible days are coming, and good news right after it. Are you going to be the elect, the chosen? It's up to you. Follow God's commandments, read the Bible, and learn his truth. This has been Truth Today. You're listening to Christian Talk That Rocks. Got a couple of websites for you, christiantalkthatrocks.net or christiantalkthatrocks.com. Both open, happening. Check them out. All right, so moving away from Russia and, and, and all that jazz, it's interesting how here we've got some stuff that people would compare to almost like former Soviet Russia kind of nonsense. We've got censorships of sorts happening, or quasi-censorships, down in, uh, I've been hanging on to this story for several days, down in Mississippi, Mississippi. School district is finally going to allow a student to wear a Jesus Loves Me face mask. This is being reported by Michael Grabowski, mainline church editor of the uh, Christian Post. Lydia Booth was forced by her public school to remove her Jesus Loves Me face mask, according to Alliance Defending Freedom. Now, the Mississippi School District has agreed to change a policy banning political or religious speech that led to a third-grade student being barred from wearing a face mask with a message, Jesus Loves Me. How dare she wear something like that? How horrific, how horrifying, how traumatic... That a, a little uh, a little kid a little kid wear a Jesus loves me face mask. How horrifying! That a third grade student, what you know, when you're in third grade, you're roughly eight years of age. That a little eight year old kid would wear such a thing. How horrifying! And what is the world coming to, right? 
During the coronavirus pandemic, the Simpson County School District prohibited elementary school student Lydia Booth from wearing that face mask because of its Christian message. Uh, an alliance defending freedom, a legal nonprofit specializing in religious freedom cases that represented Booth, announced uh, last week that the school district has reversed its decision and will now allow the child to wear her Jesus Loves Me face mask. It's part of a settlement agreement ending a federal lawsuit. All right, they went to federal court over this thing. That gets real expensive, by the way, for school districts. Usually when something goes to federal court, that's usually when the school districts start rethinking their policies because that gets real expensive, and they've got limited budgets, and they just don't have the money to just pay high-powered lawyers all day long to go fight stuff that you know probably shouldn't have even gotten to that level anyway. Quote, no student should be singled out for peacefully expressing her religious beliefs, said Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel Tyson Langhofer, director of the ADF Center for Academic Freedom. Today's students will be tomorrow's legislators, judges, educators, and voters. That's why it's so important for that public schools demonstrate the First Amendment values they are supposed to be teaching to students. Well, they don't even teach the Constitution half the time or the founding documents or anything. Because, you know, those are put together by a bunch of... Uh, misogynists and slave owners and um, men wearing stockings and wigs and prancing around. Uh, giving statements that don't have to be a tedious... Uh, well, they they come out with all these different excuses and things. That is to say, the the educators had, and these uh, tedious, tiring excuses that they have about this, that, and the other thing and Somebody might be offended and so on and so on. You know, there's that anonymous atheist who's everywhere that's always offended by anything that even smacks of God anywhere on a school property. In November 2020, the ADF filed a lawsuit on behalf of the Booth family in the United States District Court for the Southern District of Mississippi. The legitimate uh, the, and the uh, litigation rather stemmed from an incident on October 13, 2020, in which school officials told the, the then third grade student that she was not allowed to wear a face mask with the statement, Jesus loves me, because the school system prohibited face masks that had religious or political messages on them. Why? Defendants allowed students at SCS to wear masks and other clothing with a wide variety of expressive messages during school, including Black Lives Matter. That's not political. And masks and shirts promoting many sports teams, read the suit. Defendants' religious speech policy and practice are overbroad because they sweep within their ambit protected First Amendment expression. Unquote. For his, for his part, Simpson County School Superintendent Greg Payas sent a letter to the families and staff shortly after the incident, assuring them that the school district does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, religion, disability, marital status, or age in admission, or access to treatment of employment in its programs or activities. But apparently they did. So that was a kind of a fib. Imagine. A top school administrator fibbing. Who ever heard of such a thing? Quote, masks cannot display political, religious, sexual, or any inappropriate symbols, gestures, or statements that may be offensive, disruptive, deemed distractive to the school environment Rope has at the time, although they were allowing BLM ones. Why? When BLM, Black Lives Matter, is a big political movement. Quote, this expectation was outlined in our restart plan and is specific to masks only. The principal and superintendent 
will be the final authority on the appropriateness of any mask worn to school, wearing school colors, a school mascot, or simply having a blank mask is encouraged. But see, they rely on these other masks, so it's kind of like, eh, you can't have this both ways. And again, these people are ignorant, I think willfully, ignorant of the First Amendment and how their policies affect the First Amendment. And that schools are not First Amendment free zones, constitutional free zones in that regard. So that was a big... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Victory. Christians won Lions nothing in that one. But it, it, it doesn't, uh, doesn't begin or end there. We still have um, ideas about Christians that, um, well, they just need to sit down, shut up, be silent, and, uh, and that's that. Behave yourself, be quiet, and um, be a good Christian and shut up. Be a good Christian and just simply, simply, simply just, you know, you can believe what you want to believe, but shut up. Well, if you carefully read First Amendment, it says not only do you have the right to freedom of religion, but free expression. That means you can talk about it thereof okay you you can you can express your faith you don't have to just uh you know you're, you're not allowed simply just to have the faith you're allowed to share it express it live it wh- whatever otherwise what's the point um so they they forget about that part that side of the coin if you will of religious freedom well, you believe what you want to believe. Yeah, that's not the point. A little more to it than that. Museum, this is, and this is a national, this is the Smithsonian Museum. National, you know, museum. Finance in part by tax dollars and donations and blah, blah. This being reported by Casey Fiano, Live Action News. Museum boots students for wearing pro-life beanies. The entire thing happened in under a minute. This past weekend was the 50th annual March for Life, and uh, people flocked to the nation's capital from all over the country to show their support for the country's most uh, vulnerable human lives. It was actually the weekend before. 
Often pro-life student groups from high schools and colleges attend while they're there, do some sightseeing, checking, you know, just checking out the capital, uh, D.C., because there's some things to see, some sightseeing. But this year, that led to an alleged account of discrimination. One woman wrote on Twitter that her daughter was among a group of those who traveled to Washington or Washington, D.C., depending on your pronunciation, for the march. While there, her group decided to stop by the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. Okay, something educational for the kids. That sounds like a good plan. All right, better than going to just some gaming room. And um, I mean, they even have those anymore or, or something like that. Uh, the Smithsonian Institution, of course, is compromised, is comprised rather of multiple museums and research centers and so on, most of which are located within Washington, D.C., fairly close proximity to each other, actually, and admit people typically without charge. They receive over $1 billion in monies from the federal government in 2022 alone. And that's just to kind of keep things going and finance things and pay staff and beef up the exhibits and blah, blah, blah. Manage to take care of the exhibits and so on and so forth. So usually you can go to see most of these exhibits for free. Very educational. I've been. I would encourage anyone if they go to D.C. That's one of the places you need to hit up is the Smithsonian um, system of museums. They've got several. That that one, the uh, Air and Space Museum, is pretty cool. They have a a great big, um, it's the original model, uh, most of it. And it lights up, looks pretty cool, of the Starship Enterprise that they actually used, that they would film uh, for the show, for the original TV show. And it's really big, and it's there. You can go check that out. They really have really cool stuff like that. Uh, she said, my daughter just called from D.C., uh, uh, dozen kids from Greenville just got kicked out of the Air and Space Museum for wearing pro-life hats. They were told to remove the hats or leave. The daughter told the man they had to wear the hats to find each other in the crowd, but they were kicked out for refusing to remove them. Okay, now this is government-paid-for property. Okay? And uh, government-paid-for property are not constitutional-free zones. Quite the opposite. She followed up by saying two other adults could verify her claim and added that she would be filing a complaint soon. Unfortunately, the alleged incident happened so quickly that no one was able to get a video of it. They didn't get the phone out soon enough, said the entire thing happened in under a minute. She wrote a follow-up tweet, but a lot of students witnessed the intimidation. The official Twitter account for the museum soon responded as well, asking for her to reach out with more details. Because this is making them look bad, obviously. Yeah. Thank you, it said. Quote, thank you for bringing this to our attention. Museum tapes complaints like this seriously. What you have described is not in keeping with our policy, and we are following up with our security on the situation. They wrote, could you please DM us with any additional details, including the appropriate time this took place, and contact information so that our team can follow up with you directly. I wonder if they were allowing women to wear T-shirts that said, um, my body, my my right, my choice, all that. I, I'm sure nobody was being thrown out because of those. I doubt. And this would be a, a blatant violation, governmental violation of their freedom of speech rights. But see, that isn't, it's like, nobody in government cares about that anymore. Students were said to be visiting from Our Lady of the Rosary in Greenville, South Carolina, by the way. So they were Catholic school kids, it appears.
But, oh, you can't wear that. Now, again, if they were pink hats that had, uh, you know, my, my body, my choice or something on it, um, something of that effect. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg still lives in our hearts or something of that effect. That would have been okay because that's politically correct speech. But because they were a bunch of pro-lifers, i.e. any abortion activists, well, get those terrorists out of here. That was the attitude. So somebody somewhere in their security department needs to be educated on the First Amendment. But that was a, a complete and blatant act it just i mean that, that said that was just pure censorship right there there's no way <laughs> no way to get around that pure censorship now i shared with you friday the fact that um newsmax was booted off of at&t slash direct tv their um service you know at&t has a fiber wireless service and they hook that up with their cable as well and then you have direct tv so anyway uh, at&t slash direct tv removed newsmax for a pretty lame excuse in my opinion and a lot of people got really up in arms about it and in fact uh i think it was lindsey graham was saying there might be a senate investigation on what all and it does seem like some censorship and i brought up the point friday does, is, is this another Similar things like what happened to Twitter and Facebook um, a couple of years ago with the whole Hunter Biden laptop deal is is somebody from the government leaning in on Newsmax and saying you need to I mean on uh, on uh, AT and T and Directv saying you need to get rid of Newsmax they're just too much of a disruptor right now just get them off of there wouldn't surprise me knowing what we now know from these various Twitter drops that have happened. I don't know which one we're up to now. And what Zuckerberg seemed to say on Joe Rogan's show happened, again, kind of regarding the laptop, the uh, Hunter Biden laptop story, with the FBI picking up the phone and kind of leaning in. I don't know. It's being reported by Eric Mack, Newsmax.com. Facebook users lashed out over the weekend at DirecTV for Newsmax censorship. Just days after DirecTV removed Newsmax from its television platform, angry Americans are lashing out across social media message boards as a satellite television provider for its censorship. It is not just Newsmax feedback either. A sponsored ad for DirecTV stream on Facebook found its comment section filled with upset customers. I, I saw that, by the way. Newsmax, the nation's fourth highest rated cable news channel, which is nothing to sneeze at, watched by 25 million plus Americans. That, according to Nielsen Ratings, was deplatformed by AT&T DirecTV this past Tuesday. Um, and by the way, if you want to cancel your DirecTV, that number is 877-763-9762. I'll repeat it, 877-763-9762. And um, some of the comments that appeared were like, uh, quote, if you want your channel censored, go ahead and subscribe. User Jerry Warren Johnson wrote in his, uh, his first this week. Please bring back Newsmax. User Linda D's Wyndham wrote most recently. Direct has plenty of the liberal news channels, so a few editorial and cons additional conservative channels should be available too. Another one stated the majority of their viewers should cancel them immediately. That was user Tara Greenwood. She wrote a post that drew the most reactions. 
We need to stand up for freedom of press. It's our personal decision what we watch for news, not DirecTV or AT&T. DirecTV it does seem to be censoring, uh, according to some, uh, certain uh, quote-unquote, I guess you could say, conservative views. Users even noted that um, Democrats after January 6th had pushed a deplatforming of all three prominent conservative networks, including o- OAN and Newsmax, that stood in opposition to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Democrats' anti-conservative narratives. Nancy Pelosi uh, had uh, this done. User K Knight replied to the Facebook ad. Glad I have Dish, William Jubarian wrote, followed by an expletive. Deleted you, you uh, commies at uh, Direct TV. <laughs> That's W spelled D I W R E C K. Well, look, if they're doing it on their own, I think it's the reason they're giving seems pretty lame. If they're doing it on their own without any government nudging or pushing or threatening, then it's not censorship, gang. Okay, it's just not not in the legal sense of the word. It's a, I guess you could say it's a type of censorship, but it's not illegal. But knowing now what we know about Twitter and Facebook and others, if they are leaning in, and they may very well be, wouldn't be surprised, on DirecTV slash AT&T. And, of course, AT&T just kind of had a big merger that went down, and I'm sure they're putting the final dots on the I's and crosses on the T's on that. And, and probably it could be very well that somebody in the Federal Trade Commission said, hey, you want us to let this be a smooth transition and do this with Newsmax. That, could, I, I, that would not surprise me. If if something like that happened behind the scenes, behind the closed doors, then that is censorship. And that is illegal and a violation of the First Amendment. That would be censorship by proxy, which is still censorship or censorship by surrogate. But short of something like that, that doesn't mean you you can't be mad at them and you can't unsubscribe. You can certainly do that too. I mean, you're you know it's, you got rights as a consumer to choose what you want to pay for or not pay for, as the case may be. But we got to be careful in calling this censorship in the sense that if they did it entirely on their own, and I'm not convinced of that, but if 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 they did, then they have a right to do that. That's I mean, they're a private company; they can have on who they want or not have on. I mean, I choose to put people on this show and choose to not put people on this show. So I guess you could say I'm censoring some voices on this show because I make that choice. But I'm not making the choice because somebody from Washington, D.C. is picking up the phone or sending me an email saying, hey, uh, Mr. L, if you don't want an audit by the IRS, of course, <laughs> not much to audit, but if you want an audit by the IRS, uh, if you don't want that, then you better uh, you better make sure that you don't have uh, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so on. You know, nobody's doing that. So there is there is the difference. But if something like that is happening, or if that were to happen to me, then that would be censorship. That would absolutely be a violation of the First Amendment. The government is not allowed to do that. The government, U.S. government, state, local government, your mayor, whatever, is not allowed to do that. Government types, bureaucrats, whatever, are not allowed by the Constitution to engage in those kind of monkey games. Let's take a big pause. Therein lies the difference. More Christian talk that rocks straight ahead. Let's move to the second hour. Buckle up and stay close. You deserve a laugh today. Let's enjoy a family comedy minute with Aaron Wilburn. 
folks from the South ponder things that other people don't care about. We ponder things like if a number two pencil is the most popular pencil in the world, why isn't it number one? And if it's true that we're here to help others, what are the others here for? And how much healthy choice ice cream can I eat before it... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's not a healthy choice. This has been the Family Comedy Minute, your source for family-safe comedy on the radio. Find out more at FamilyComedyRadio.com. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. Phone screen cracked? Oh, no. No problemo. Martinsville's premier store for all wireless repairs. Yes, it's Bono's Wireless, certified technician for service on iPhone, Android, iPad, and tablets. Yes, all phones. 
specializing in screen repairs. Bo has prepaid phones starting at $60 and unlimited prepaid services starting at just $30. They have carrier services on five different prepaid services from Verizon, Page Plus, Total Wireless, Net 10, and others. If you want your phone right, it's got to be done at Bo Knows Wireless. For repairs, buy, sell, and trade, it's Bo Knows Wireless. Stop in at 1620 Virginia Avenue across from Sports Lane in Martinsville. Call them at 638-6380. That's 638-6380. Bo Knows Wireless. Knows Wireless. Knows Wireless. Knows Wireless. Everybody online looking good. I'm kind of in the mood for some stimulating conversation. Start sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, get in on the discussion now. Lines are open. And now, here's your host, Richie L. You got the second hour of Christian Talk That Rocks. Going to be uh, hanging out with you here for a little less than an hour, about 50 some odd minutes or so remaining. A couple of websites for you Christian Talk That Rocks.net or Christian Talk That Rocks.com. Live on our email address is talk to Richie L at gmail.com. T A O K T O R I C H I E L at gmail.com. Talk to Richie L at gmail.com. Several ways to get this broadcast in podcast format and locale. Here's a handful Player FM, Anchor FM, Launchpad One. Stitcher, Deezer, Amazon, Mixerbox, CastBox, just to name a few. Flagship station WMVA, The Gold Rush, which rebroadcasts this show on Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern, by the way. They can be found at WMVRadio.com, Radio.net, Odyssey.com. Newest affiliate, Net News Network, which can be found at NetNewsNetwork.net where they uh, distribute select episodes of this show. In fact, Friday's show is up there. If you want to check it out, if you missed it, you can download it free of charge. No no biggies, no whoops, no no subscription requirements, nothing like that. And you can go to, again, netnewsnetwork.net. They are a news site, a genuine journalism news site. And it's actually pretty tough to be a part of that site. They don't let anybody join it, but they let us. So they don't have that many. There's a few, but they don't have a whole lot of uh, talk shows on there. They're very selective. So we were one of the ones that they uh, allowed uh, in the gate, and we're super happy about that. Also being broadcast live by Thunderous Radio, Thunderous Radio, from uh, about 2.06 p.m.-ish Eastern to about 4.00-ish Eastern. That's East Coast Time USA. A little bit of a delay in there, but roughly about 2.06. You can find uh, Thunderous Radio. Just search them at Streamiter dot com streamiter dot com radio dot net radio dot net or mytuner dot com mytuner dot com there was a big fire that swept through a u.s egg farm up in connecticut and in fact 16 fire departments needed to contain it this being reported by ryan ledendecker the western journal a three alarm fire at a basra connecticut based egg farm Awful lot of fried eggs and barbecue chickens, sadly, happened. Required more than 100 firefighters from at least 16 nearby firehouses to extinguish the thing. Now, this is according to WTIC-TV. Authorities said the fire, which plagued a a 50 by 60 chicken, 650 feet by 600 chicken coop at Hillendale Farms on Schwartz Road, it took four and a half hours to extinguish and resulted in the death of 
of an estimated 100,000 chickens. 100,000 chickens. That's a lot. Fortunately, there were no injuries sustained by, uh, by firefighters or farm workers. In fact, images of the massive egg farm blaze emerged across social media over the weekend. One witness said, a witness said smoke from the chicken coop fire could be seen from miles away. And again, multiple, un- multiple units and multiple firefighting, um, firefighter houses, locations, firehouses responded. 16. That's a lot. That's a big fire. Bosra, Connecticut tanker, uh, which they had a tanker that was uh, one of the second ones that had to show up, help put out the fire. They, they called it a three alarm. Um, Salvation Army was there to help with uh, the firefighters. There was so many of them, you know, to feed them. And they just have, usually when there's big fires, they set up the canteens and they pass out uh, snacks and beverages and things like that. Local news outlets reported and indicated that it's unclear how the fire started. It didn't always. However, WTCI-TV noted that the town of Bosra Fire Marshal is going to launch an investigation. Now, the egg farm fire comes at the same time. Many Americans are paying steep prices for eggs at the grocery store. That is, if they can even find them. I love you, Mrs. L and I went grocery shopping uh, Saturday, and we noticed that the egg selection looked pretty, pretty lousy. There wasn't a lot left. A lot of them are broken and all that, and but they there just weren't very many eggs left in the in the case there, where they usually keep them. Earlier in January, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics indicated in its Consumer Price Index report for December that the cost of eggs was one of the leading drivers of the increase in the food index. BLS data showed eggs increase fifty nine point nine percent year over year and saw an eleven point one percent jump from November alone. Now, according to CNBC, one farm group has blamed the soaring egg costs on a collusive scheme by major egg suppliers. It has gone as far as asking the Federal Trade Commission to investigate the allegations. In a letter to FTC Chair Lena Kahn, a farmer's advocacy group called Farm Action asked the FTC chief to investigate any foul, no pun intended there, foul play, among the major egg suppliers, the group claims suppliers might have hatched a scheme, no other pun contended, uh, uh, meant there, a scheme, hatch a scheme during the avian flu outbreak to extract egregious, again, <laughs> these are not my words, no puns intended there, egregious profits reaching as high as 40%. I didn't write this story, so uh, there was somebody there sticking their tongue in their cheek on that one i believe anyway others like amy smith vice president at advanced economic solutions uh, said the xply shortages and high prices are a perfect storm of stuff that just came together but it is kind of strange i mean i'm not a conspiracy theorist i'm not an alex jones devotee i'm not you know i don't think the builder burgers are behind any of this or whatever (sighs) But it is kind of odd that we, uh, in the past year and a half or so-ish, year especially, have seen about 30-some-odd poultry plants, uh, food processing plants, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Weird things happening to cows. Weird things happening to chickens. Weird things happening to pigs. Meat processing plants, et cetera, et cetera. 
places where our food is produced, especially especially when it comes to meat. These things are going up. They're, these weird fires are starting. Now, one or two of them are blamed on a lightning strike. One was blamed on a shorting utility pole that shot up. Saw one where it was supposedly some it was some food processing meat plant or something somewhere where a uh, I think in the northwest where a pole got struck by lightning and then it shorted down the wire and that went into the building and caught something in the building on fire. Nobody was there. It was you know the plant was closed and you know for the weekend or whatever or you know they were down for a holiday or something. I don't remember what it exactly was, but then all of a sudden you know the whole thing burned down and they produced a lot of processed meat products and things of that nature. And they said, well, if you use of these certain brands or whatever, forget it. You're not going to see them on the store shelves for a while. I mean, accidents do happen. I get it. But it just seems like there's been such a rash of these. And, I mean, this couldn't come at a worse time during an egg shortage. Most hens lay an egg a day, give or take, a, a day or two. So if 100,000... Let's do some math here. Let's say that the vast majority of those 100,000 hens lay an egg a day. Well, that's roughly, give or take, 100, that will take maybe a little bit, 100,000 eggs, or 90, 100,000 arguably eggs a day. That works out to roughly, let's just say for argument's sake, because some of the hens might have a bad day, and eggs get broken and so forth. Uh, let's just, And some are not good, you know, they're messed up or whatever. Uh, they can't sell them for whatever reason. So let's say about 650000 a week. Uh, let's see, times four, let's say roughly in a month. Maybe, we'll do quick math here. Six, about 20. Yeah, that'd be about uh, roughly 2 point, uh, let's just say about 2.5 or 6 uh, million eggs. A month. It's a lot of eggs. From just this one farm. From just this one farm. Hill and Dale Farm. Now, any grocers that get eggs from this farm in that region, probably mostly in Connecticut or New England, generally speaking, going to have to be looking somewhere else for eggs, right? But again, have you noticed a pattern where these... These types of things keep happening to our food supply, food processing plants and certain farms and stuff keep catching on fire, burning down. And that all affects the food supply. We've already got food shortages on the shelf, but there's been such an inordinate amount. Is it a coincidence? Could very well be. Or is there something more sinister going on here? Are there a group of maybe activists that want us to all quit eating meat and start eating veggies and they're saying, well, we're going to start setting fires to these places? I mean, I don't know. Because a lot of them seem to be meat processing kind of centers and plants and not all of them. Some of them are other types. But but a lot of meat has been affected. Meat production has really been affected. Again, is it a coincidence? Or is it some climate activist group or some vegan activist group or both or some? I don't know. That's stinking around setting fires. Is it some men in black from our government doing it? I don't know. Or is it eco-terrorists doing it? I don't know. Is it radical Islamic terrorists doing it? I don't know. But something is going on here. I mean, it's, it's coming to the point where you kind of start going, huh, 
is this just really bad luck? And it could be, just could be the per- part of the perfect storm, just really bad luck is happening right now. Or is there something more sinister going on with all this? It's a good question. I don't know. But it's sure as heck worth investigating. And I hope that this fire marshal gets to the bottom of who or what started this fire. It's not every day chicken coops just go up in, in flames. Now, if it were, if this chicken coop were down in Texas, they were having a really bad drought. And, you know, there's a lot of electronic stuff and automated stuff that goes on in these sophisticated chicken farms and chicken coops. They have them down there in Texas all over the place. In fact, there's probably more, there's, there's way more poultry raised in Texas than beef, believe it or not. Texas is becoming more of a poultry capital than a beef capital these days. The cowboys are switching from cattle to chickens and turkeys and stuff. But if this were during a drought and okay, and there was a little spark from something from, you know, an electrical thing that sparked a little bit and got the brush around the coop on fire, then you can sort of see that. Yeah, stuff like that happens. But this is the dead of winter. It's cold. Yeah, it's dry a little bit. There's a little bit of a drought going on in parts of New England in terms of snow and water. That's true. That's true. Could have been something just very innocent like that. I don't know. But generally speaking, in colder weather, you don't usually have that kind of a situation. Now, unless maybe there was a heater that was keeping the chickens warm and it shorted out and it created a fire, that could could be. I don't know. Because heaters certainly cause a lot of fires in homes and in businesses during the winter months. That is true. So it could have been just something as innocent as some heater shorted out and pop and there you go and caught the straw on fire the chickens were sitting on and there you go. Um, You know, a a hundred thousand square, a hundred thousand fried eggs and barbecue chickens. I, I don't know. I don't know, but it just seems funny to me that we're seeing a rash of this stuff. It's really bad luck, which it could be. Some might say, well, maybe it's judgment from God. I don't know. I kind of doubt it. Maybe. I kind of doubt it, but maybe. I don't know. I don't have God by the beard, so to speak. I don't know. Uh, Or is there something sinister, more sinister? I'm starting to see a pattern emerge, so I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Pfizer. Yeah, those folks. And uh, millennials and the vaccine. What's all the connection? Back with more. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. This is Max McLean. God created all things by his word. How does the word have the power to create? Because his word is a person. Listen to the Bible from John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world, and though the world was made through Him, The world did not recognize him. From John 1. Listen to the Bible. It's great for the soul. Hear more at radiobible.org. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. 
You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember to hire smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. And now, a man who likes to go swimming wearing his black socks and a Speedo, Richie L. I mean, it's getting to where if you, uh, if you own chickens, you're like uh, considered like a, a lord or something. I mean, like from medieval times, and you're, you're, you're set, right? My uh, father-in-law and in-laws, they've got, let's see, I think it's four or five chickens and a duck, and they pretty much lay every day. In fact, they gave us a bunch of eggs for Christmas. That was my father-in-law's Christmas gift. Uh, it's a very generous one as far as I'm concerned. Uh, gave us fresh eggs. And they they just uh, a few months prior had bought these uh, the four or five chickens and a duck, and uh, they got them in a coop and all that and set up and fixed up real nice. I think they spent a lot of money. And of course they live out in the country in, in kind of a semi rural or rural area. Right behind them is a little horse farm, and on another side's a Christmas tree farm. So they're kind of out in the out in the boonies there a little bit. I know some cities will allow you to have a certain number of chickens and and if you have a rooster you got to clip the voice box on it so it's not crowing at four in the morning waking everybody up but some cities will allow you to have a certain number of chickens if you look in if you if you're curious you can usually look that up with a city and you'll see code sometimes going back to the 1940s 30s or 20s it'll allow say okay you can have so many chickens in your backyard and that was very common back in the day. I mean, people not only grew their own gardens back during those times, but they had chickens too running around, turkeys and ducks and whatever running around their backyard and uh, or their, their property. That was not uncommon. In fact, it was more common than not back in those days, even to have a hog uh, in a, you know, they called a sow pen or something back maybe on the far end of your property or something in a city. Back in the days, in certain parts of the country, uh, probably more in the rural, ruralish type South and, and Western states than you would might than you would probably have in the northeastern states, and in the bigger northeastern and uh, upper Midwest cities, but that was not uncommon. And you can even find sometimes still on. I mean, it fell out of style as supermarkets came along, and after World War II, all that sort of fell out of style. As you moved into a deeper into the industrial age, and in, by the fifties and sixties, almost nobody had chickens except for guys that lived and gals that lived way out in the country. But in recent years, that started coming back. I know when I lived in Austin, they had a city ordinance and that was allowing you to have extra. I think it was three. You could have three uh, laying hens or something like that in your backyard. It had to be in a coop. It had to be wired up. It had to be you know a certain way. Yada yada bit of bada. But you could have them. And some people went out and got chickens. In fact, a neighbor of ours, her chicken got loose. My stepdaughter, who loves chicken, she saw this chicken and went bananas and is like, help me catch this thing so we can have fresh chicken in it. I mean, and then finally the guy that owned it came up and said, hey, have you seen my chicken? Yeah, as a matter of fact, he's in danger of being eaten by alive by my by my da- stepdaughter here because um, she loves chicken so much. We told her she needs to marry a preacher because every Sunday, you know, preachers get the fried chicken, right? But 
they uh, even in a big city like Austin, they were allowing it. So some cities, or it depends on your, I guess your CCNRs or wherever your house is and your subdivision or your neighborhood or whatever, will allow some animals like that in your backyard. And people are taking advantage of that. And some, some even where they don't allow it, are doing it anyway. So that they can have eggs. Because eggs are getting so expensive now. They're, they're going to buy in two or three or four laying hens and building a coop. And I mean, I'm seeing this all over the internet. A lot of people are doing this. And showing off their their chicken coops. And there's it's stuff on YouTube, how to build one. And where to find the chickens, buy the chickens. And what kind of chickens to buy. And what to feed them and how much that's going to cost and and all that of course if you have to build a thousand dollar chicken coop to me it kind of i don't know kind of takes away i mean i I could go a whole year without spending a thousand bucks on eggs but i mean i guess if you sell them you know uh at exorbitant prices yeah i'm selling my chicken eggs at two dollars an egg which you know be probably about right these days um then you might recoup that in a few months no no pun intended on the coop but I don't know. I guess there's pros and cons because again, you got to put them in a humane setup and that's going to cost you some money. And is the cost of setting the darn chickens up and buying the chickens really worth, even though you're paying exorbitant prices for the eggs these days, does it really level out? I don't know. To me, it kind of seems like it doesn't unless you really need a lot of eggs. You've got a really big family that you got to feed. Then I suppose, Maybe over six months or a year's time, it, it may pay for itself real quickly. I don't know. But it just seems to me like if you have to invest in putting up a little water system and just the work, you know, cleaning out their coops and you, know, you got to keep them healthy to a certain extent and um, give them medicines, I guess. And I mean, all that goes into it, are, are you going to recoup that back? Is it going to cost more for you in the long run to set something up than it would just be to pay for the eggs, you know? I guess it depends on how many eggs you use. If you got a large family, it may pay for itself. If it's just, you know, a couple of empty, empty nesters, no pun intended, um, is it worth it? How many eggs a week do you really eat, you know? Love well, Mrs. Noel and I decided it for just she and I because we don't go through that many eggs. We may eat a, just a handful a week or every two weeks or something. We don't use that many. Use them to cook with or put them in recipes that require an egg, you know, making some kind of bread or pastry or something that might require an egg. Uh, we tend to use them that, that much as much as just eating them straight. So in the long run, we decided it's just not worth it for us to invest in some hens, a couple, three hens and a coop. And then, of course, in the hot summer, you know, or the cold winter, they can die from exposure, depending on how your coop is set up. I mean, it's just, it's a lot to be, t- to deal with. Uh, to me, it just seems like more of a pain. Now, if eggs started going up to, you know, 50 bucks a carton, yeah, I'd probably worth it then to go get some, <laughs> go get chickens. But then what are they going to be selling the chickens for? Like 400 bucks a piece? You know, so I don't know. Where does it end? Millennials in the West see a 70% explosion in strokes. Urban areas are the hardest hit, peculiarly. This is being reported by Ross Pomeroy, Real Clear Wire. Strokes commonly strike the old, the average age for the devastating condition in which blood supply 
to a part of the brain is blocked or when blood vessel in the brain's burst is around 71.4 years for the men and about 76.9 years for women. Millennials, however, are starting to bring those averages down. Now ranging in age from 27 to 42, millennials are suffering strokes at a higher rate than their forebears did at the same age, reversing a 40-year decline in stroke deaths. Between 2003 and 2012, there was a 32% spike in strokes among 18 to 34-year-olds, women, and a 15% increase in men of the same age range, according to the CDC researchers. When Scientific American further parsed the data, they found that the hike was mostly centered in the western part of the world. In other words, in the United States, Canada, Latin America, parts of Europe, etc. And uh, was also centered in the western U.S. and the Midwest, where stroke rates among young people rose 70, anywhere from 70, uh, 34% to 70%, with particularly sharp increases in urban areas. Now about 1 in 10 people who has a stroke in the U.S. is under the age of 45. Why? Why? There are many potential explanations for this disconcerting trend, rising stress, uh, falling physical activity, and fewer doctor visits among millennials could all play a role. One narrative rises to the forefront, however, as cigarette use in the U.S. declined, from an alarming high around 45% in the 1950s, just 12.5% in 2020, all Americans collectively reaped the benefit of less smoke in public places, which manifested in reduced rates of lung cancer, heart disease, and stroke. But since the 1970s, public health benefits from reduced smoking are being eroded by rising obesity and its related health complications. Childhood obesity is particularly noxious in regard to early stroke, and millennials were the first generation to truly be affected by this alarming trend. The rate of childhood obesity more than tripled from 5% in 1978 to 18.5% in 2016, leaving many more children burdened by associated conditions such as diabetes, hypertension, which can lead to a stroke. There is good news, thanks to improved medical care, stroke fatality rates have fallen significantly between 1975 and 2019, about 65% for hemorrhage stroke, that's of course caused by a burst blood vessel, and 80% for ischemic stroke caused by a blood vessel blockage. And with greater brain plasticity, young people are more apt to recover quickly. Still, strokes can leave millennials with lasting complications, such as occasional seizures, incontinence, cognitive impairment, uh, hindered speech, diminished muscle control, not to mention sharply elevated risk of a future stroke. Some of this is blamed on, um, it, it would appear, on obesity. Increased stroke isn't the only health issue that millennials are contending with. The rates of many cancers, especially those tied to poor diet, are rising for people under age 50. The best solution to reverse the rise in early stroke is for millennials and future generations to eat right and exercise, especially from a young age. Uh, schools and parents have a vital role to play here. Obesity's grasp can be hard to break if it takes hold at a tender age. <laughs> 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But if healthy lifestyle practices are instilled early, it's likely they will remain second nature. I'm going to point something out, too. That since the 1970s, and especially since in the 80s, which is when most millennials were born, in the 80s and early 90s, or sometime during the 90s. There's also been a rise in fast food restaurants. Fast food chains have exploded during that time period, especially in the 80s and 90s. I mean, fast food restaurants really just exploded. They really went on, a, just just got crazy. Well, in the 70s too, but especially, it's like in the 1980s and beyond, fast food just went everywhere. It's It's everywhere now. And I've I've been wondering if some of perhaps some of the ingredients that are used in fast food has maybe led to this. And I know I'm going to make myself sound like an old geezer here. Hey, hey, darn kids. That I've noticed a lot of my um, younger associates, colleagues, neighbors, etc. And even notice it amongst my kids. Just crave fast food and i mean they're eating it all the time instead of just going out and, and it's expensive just instead of taking some of that money and buying like real groceries with it and fruits and veggies and stuff like that which i try to get all my kids to uh to eat their share of but sometimes i had to disguise it I had to disguise the uh what i was what i was feeding them uh to get them to s- swallow it down it just seems like that, you know, these crazy oil combinations and this this processed stuff that's loaded with preservatives and sodiums and salts. I'm not just talking about like bags of chips or whatever, but I'm talking about a lot of fast foods are are they are themselves loaded with preservatives. You've probably seen the videos online where they'll take like McDonald's French fries just as an example. Put them under a, a glass, and those things will last for like years in the right conditions and not hardly deteriorate. I mean, they get hard where you can't eat them, but they don't really rot. They just get hard. You know, they just kind of fossilize, but they don't like deteriorate or rot. And um, hamburgers from some fast food joints, they, they don't like it takes like a year and a half for the thing to finally mold. You know, they keep it under, again, under a glass, and it looks just as good. Two months later is the day it was bought. I mean, I wouldn't eat it, but it, it, you know, on the exterior, you don't see a bunch of mold and, you know, maggots all over it or anything. It's just, 
it's like it's it looks pristine and you go whoa so obviously there's stuff going into the food <laughs> that yeah i guess it keeps away the bacteria but what else does it do to you when you go to eat i mean you kind of have to wonder now i'm not trashing all fast food and i'm not trashing all burger joints and all that i don't want to paint with a broad brush stroke but we have seen such an increase in these kinds of heavily processed foods and fast food joints, which that generation pretty much lives off of. I mean, I've had colleagues that I work with and they wouldn't bring lunch to work or they wouldn't bring, you know, they don't even know how to cook. So they're always eating fast food. They live off the stuff. You know, fast food once in a while, they're going to kill you or give you a stroke. It's just, it's not. But if you live off the stuff, if it's a steady part of your diet of junk food and fast food, or you know, that's all you eat all day, and you don't eat other like real food, then yeah, you're going to have health problems. You're going to have heart problems. You're going to have mental problems. You're going to have all kinds of problems. So is this part of what we're seeing? Also, is this spiking up too because of things that are now put in the vaccines? I'm not going to try to be an anti-vaxxer here because I've had them all pretty much. I've not had the coronavirus one and don't plan on getting it. But uh, let's just set that aside. But some of these newer vaccines and the way that they're making them nowadays, or the way they've made them in the past, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years, there's been some things that have changed in some of those processes. And there's things that they're putting in the vaccines to give them shelf life. Like, wait for it, wait for it, antifreeze. Same stuff that keeps your uh, radiator from freezing in the winter. They put a little dab of that in the vaccines. They say, well, it's not enough to harm anybody. Well, are you sure? Because, <laughs> you know, if you drink or consume even a relatively small amount of um, antifreeze from your, your car, it can make you very sick. It can give you some long-term health problems, even just a little dab. If you ingest, a, you know, just a, a thimbleful of the stuff, it make you sick. All right. Um, you know, sometimes it'll leak and your pets will lick it and then they get sick and go to the vet. Sometimes they die. I mean, antifreeze is a poison. I was watching a TV show where this lady killed her husband slowly, but surely by putting just a little, just, I mean, little, just like tiny drops of antifreeze in his food every day. And eventually the guy got sick and he had strokes. And he had brain problems and heart problems and wound up in the hospital. And like a year or two later, the guy was dead. And she poisoned him with antifreeze. I mean, you see that kind of stuff all the time. So, again, you kind of have to wonder what all here is causing, is zeroing in on this particular generation. Cause them to all kill off or have strokes uh, at these early ages. Of course, now we have all these people dropping dead who don't eat fast food, who are athletes and eat, you know, manage meals and uh, eat very well-balanced meals and are in perfect physical condition, and they're walking out to the field, they drop dead. So we're seeing a lot of that. Is that the vaccines? I don't know. Good question. Good question. And then, of course, um, we had a Pfizer being busted. I'm going to play a clip here for you in just a second. There was an undercover sting video, and then one of the Pfizer executives lost his cool, actually got violent. This being reported by WorldNet Daily staff and tried to grab the iPod, or the iPad rather, from James O'Keefe, who came in to sort of confront him 
uh, in the restaurant where he was at. And the, the, the video shows him getting pretty, uh, pretty physical. He got accosting. I mean, he got violent. He got physical. And I couldn't really tell from the video if it was James O'Keefe or somebody else in his crew that pushed the guy down, finally. I mean, he started trying to grab them, grabbed, almost knocked, uh, it looked like O'Keefe down. And then I couldn't tell if it was O'Keefe from the video or somebody in his crew that finally shoved the guy down to the ground to get uh, his uh, O'Keefe's iPad back, which I think got damaged or something. Anyway, we'll let you hear the clip from this video, a video from Undercover Reporters Project Veritas. Only this week revealed us, or last week revealed a research director for Pfizer claiming that the company is secretly exploring intentionally creating mutations of the COVID virus so that new vaccines would be indeed a cash cow for us, he said. Now, the research director, actually the company's director of R&D, Jordan Tristan Walker, was on video erupting in denial, claiming that he was lying to a person to impress him on a date. Sure, sure he was. And then lunging for Project Veritas James O'Keefe, trying to grab O'Keefe's iPad and demanding police attend to him. Uh, the quick, the uh, quickest understanding of the behavior comes from Project Veritas's video. He earlier had been on video talking about scheming to create variations of the COVID-19 virus so that more vaccines would be needed and the pandemic would continue to be a cash cow for his company. A report from Zero Hedge bluntly described the scenario created by Walker as a physical assault on O'Keefe. That's what it looked like to me in the video. The report explained that when O'Keefe first approached him about the admission, Walker erupted in denial, exclaiming that I was just lying to a person to impress him on a date. He then lunged for O'Keefe and his staff in what appeared to be an effort to take away the iPad that O'Keefe was holding. The situation escalated when Walker urged the restaurant owner to call the police but the restaurant owner asked O'Keefe to leave, which left Walker pressuring him to stay until the police arrived. Uh, Walker, talking to the New York Police Department, claimed that there are, quote, five white people, and I am being very unsa- I'm feeling very unsafe right now. You know, when all else fails, pull the race card. When all else fails, pull the, the race card. Walker seemed to be a person of mixed race, maybe part black and part something else. I don't know what very light complected so um something he's i don't know somebody in his family is either white or some other race uh his defense i'm just someone who is who's working in a company that's trying to literally help the public uh-huh once o'keefe had left the restaurant walker jumped in front of their car to block it until the police arrived however it wasn't the right car oops zero edge reported Walker's original boast as an mRNA scientific planner for the company was that it was looking for ways to mutate COVID via direct evolution, not gain-of-function research. But, you know, a rose being another name is still a rose, right? Well, one of the things that we, Pfizer, are exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it, COVID ourselves so we could create, preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though... There's a risk of like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be wants to be having a pharma company mutating blanking viruses. He said, and of course, you go back and hear that, uh, uh, or watch that video, or hear that clip, or what have you. Now, Pfizer is facing escalating public scrutiny and skepticism as the establishment COVID narrative that the vaccines are safe and effective crumbles amidst growing evidence of dangerous side effects from the experimental shots. A 2022 uh, JAMA study found that one in every 500 children under five years who received the Pfizer mRNA COVID vaccine was hospitalized 
with a vaccine injury. And 1 in 200 had symptoms ongoing for weeks or months afterwards, as WorldNet Daily reported. Pfizer CEO Robert Borla recently refused to answer politically incorrect questions from an ambush interview by Rebel News, which I played that clip for you a couple of weeks back, while attending the Davos World Economic Forum annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland. Let me let you hear this clip. And again, this is uh, James O'Keefe confronting, confronting this guy after the sting operation. And he's not a, not, not a real happy camper, as you can imagine. Not, uh, I also want to thank everyone who is not happy at all. Oh. Hold on, wrong clip. There we go, right clip. Hey there, is this seat taken? You work for Pfizer. My question for you is, why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutating the COVID viruses? Is this real life? I'm literally a liar. I was trying to impress a person on a date by lying. Please, this is please, absurd. Please don't touch me. Well, this is not why the way. Why don't, are you doing don't this? tell anybody. Someone who's just working in a company to literally help the public. You f off. You really did. Please read the post. As soon as possible. I'm very unsafe. Can you please unlock your door? No, you, no, don't let them leave. Please unlock the door. Get in the way. Why are you so here? stuck? You please unlock. Please unlock the door. Please unlock the door. Lock the door. We're trying to get unlock the door. Unlock the door. So they finally got away from the crazy guy who was getting violent, and they were asking the restaurant, "Please unlock the door." It's about closing time, so they, they said, "Please unlock the door. Please unlock the door. Let us out," which they need to do because otherwise it's unlawful detention. So they finally get out of there, and this guy went nuts. While they were there, he went, he got nuts and went violent. And then, uh, you know, that, that tells me he, he knew he was busted. When when <laughs> when you have to turn to lying, oh, it's just stuff I was saying on a date, and then you start, and then you turn violent, that means you know you're busted, and you know you lied, and you know you got caught, and that was his reaction, was to just turn violent. And then, of course, play the race card. When all else fails, play the race card, right? I mean, what a creep. This guy's a creep. I guess Pfizer has a habit of hiring creeps who could get violent when they're confronted on their BS. I don't know if the guy still has a job with with Pfizer. Of course, Pfizer put out this lame, <laughs> lame uh, excuse, very ambiguous. Uh, in, in fact, uh, they were. I saw it this past weekend. They were absolutely blasted on. Um, on social media for this incredibly ambiguous, almost gaslighting, if you will, kind of response to the whole thing. It was, um, it was sort of bizarre in a way. And it took him several days. See that, see therein to me is part of the, the issue. It took them several days to finally cook up a response, which I'm sure their lawyers had to do for them. And it had that lawyerly feel. It just really did. It was the way it was crafted and worded. I'm like, this is from a lawyer. This isn't from a scientist entirely. This isn't from uh, a researcher. This isn't really <laughs> from the CEO. 
being reported by Courtney Will, TheBlaze.com. The global pharmaceutical giant Pfizer issued a response after Project Veritas released an undercover video which suggested that Pfizer may have engaged in directed evolution, i.e. gain-of-function research, of the COVID-19 virus so that it could then develop vaccines to combat future variants. And on January 25th, uh, of course, Project Veritas released that bombshell video, and I played the audio of it here on the show. Um, and, of course, all the things that he that the guy said to the undercover reporter for Project Veritas, um, the, this Walker guy. In the days, several days following the release of the video, Pfizer kept silent. But on Friday, the company finally issued a statement expressing a desire to, quote, set the record straight. Some critics have claimed that the statement all but confirms the accusations made against Pfizer. On the one hand, the statement asserted unequivocally in the ongoing development of the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, Pfizer has not conducted gain-of-function or directed evolution research. On the other hand, the statements later seem to hedge that asserts a bit, adding, adding that Pfizer routinely assesses the activity of antivirals uh, of an antiviral by conducting computer simulations or mutations of the main uh, protease. While the statement insisted that the main protease is a non-infectious part of the virus, and that such studies are required by the U.S. and global regulators for all antiviral products. The statement also seemed to confirm that Pfizer does conduct some measure of virus engineering. That that was what I took away. Of course, some of those scientists or researchers, but I, that was my takeaway. Like, well, it was kind of a yeah, but kind of a no. In a limited number of cases, when a full virus does not contain any known gain-of-function mutations, such viruses may be engineered to enable the assessment of antiviral act- activity in cells. In addition, in vitro resistance selection experiments are undertaken in cells incubated with SARS-CoV-2 and uh, near uh, Nermatra liver uh, in our secure biosafety level 3 BLS laboratory to assess whether the main protease can mutate to yield resistant strains of the virus. Okay. Well, that kind of sounds like you're, you're monkeying with them one way or the other. Dr. Robert W. Malone, who appeared in the PV Sting video, by the way, um, to explain some of the medical implications of Pfizer's alleged directed evolution research, expressed dissatisfaction with Pfizer's response. In fact, he was very critical of it. By the way, he's the guy that developed the whole the mRNA technology. If you're wondering who he is. He said, number one, Pfizer lawyers did not throw their director of R&D operations and scientific planning under the bus, you know, and again, he saw that he, he picked up that this thing sounded like it was written by lawyers. He he tweeted that on Saturday. He also said, number two, there's no deli- denial of what he said. Uh, no direct denial, which I, that caught my attention. And no denial that he is Pfizer staff, uh, which because there was a rumor going out that he didn't even work for Pfizer. That turned out to be false. Uh, sweeping new spike sequences into original Wuhan 1 is technically gain-of-function research. Uh, Becker News CEO Kyle Becker stated, quote, Pfizer's statement is positively Faucian in its non-denial denial of the central charge at end. Uh, uh, right-wing news founder John Hawkins, he issued a tweet mocking the response as well, which I saw online over the weekend. He said, we absolutely do not do this. Now, here's two paragraphs explaining what we actually do, but call it a different name. 
And that caught my attention, too. I thought, yeah, they, they pretty much describe gain-of-function research, so they don't want to call it gain-of-function research. Okay, well, what is it? Pfizer's statement on Friday made no direct reference to the PV video, nor did it address whether Walker is even a Pfizer employee. Of course, it didn't deny that he was. So it was really one of those, kind of reminded me of the FBI statement that they put out after after the Twitter uh, Twitter exposures of their shenanigans. It was very lawyerly, a little bit on the gaslighting side, and um, didn't really answer the direct problem or core questions of what was going on. It just sort of danced all around it. And, and so, again, Pfizer's response was kind of one of these uh, politician, lawyerly kind of non-answer answers. Which tells me they are busted. They know they are. And that's why the Walker guy threw a fit and got violent, because he knew he was busted. Somebody like that doesn't need to be working around anything or anybody making vaccines. He needs to be canned. Back with more. Hi, I'm Danny Aiello. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits and blazers, and suits starting at $39.99, shoes starting at $19.99, with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. So along with the classified documents that were found at Biden's home in Wilmington, they found notebooks, found a lot of notes, notebooks filled with notes, apparently, allegedly, about some stuff that was in these classified documents. Kind of curious. Being reported by Fox News staff. Representative Comer, he's a Republican, by, by the way, sounds the alarm on Biden's mishandling of classified documents. Nothing he's done is normal. Biden notebooks discovered in the, Delo- in the Delaware home uh, during the FBI raid. And they say that those notebooks may contain classified information. May contain some classified information, according to a report. House Intelligence Committee Chair Rep. James Comer said that the investigation into President Biden's alleged mishandling of the classified information is one of the utmost importance. After it was revealed, the FBI discovered notebooks in his Delaware home that may contain classified material. Now, Comer was on Fox and Friends first this morning to discuss the discovery and the significance of the probe following uh, 
the discovery of these classified documents and how they're going to move forward on this thing. Let me let you uh, hear the clip. Again, this is Representative Comer talking to the talking heads on um, Fox and Friends early this morning about this and about finding these notebooks, which is, you know, there was there was some mention of that early on, but now they're kind of like, okay, well, what, what gives? <laughs> what all is in there? Of course, the, the DOJ is being kind of shut uh, mouth right now. They're saying, well, it's not going for version. Well, okay, these people are on the Intelligence Committee. They have a right to know what's in these classified documents because they're not just Joe Biden's classified documents. Okay. They once belonged and perhaps presumably some of them still do anyway to the federal government. Um, and that means that the, the intelligence committee that, that these members of Congress should have some sort of right to, at least look at these and know what the heck they are since they're kind of responsible in this intelligence committee for this kind of stuff themselves and responsible for anything that might have leaked out to our enemies or what. I mean, we're all kind of fighting a, what's becoming almost a hot war in Ukraine right now. Is there anything on there that could benefit China, Russia, the Iranians, whoever, whatever, that could be compromising our fight? And there's even a theory going, floating around right now that who was it that blew the whistle on Biden? Could it in fact been the Russians? That maybe leaked uh, one of their operatives. That maybe leaked. Yeah, he's got these classified documents. We know about it. We've heard about them. Somebody told us or whatever. We don't know. I mean, who knows? It's. I mean, you can go all over the place with theories for days and weeks. But let me let you hear what Comer said. This is on Fox. You know, there's a lot of people who are saying there was maybe some handwritten scratch notes in these notebooks that were found. Um, in Biden's house in Delaware. But then there was that NBC, I believe it was an NBC report, saying that, you know, he's not moving these notebooks around. Don't you think that's even more concerning? Because yet again, it's just proving the point that who knows who had access to these documents? Yeah, who knows? I think it's a bigger uh, concern that Joe Biden didn't know he had the documents and he has no idea how the documents got from point A to point B to point C. That's what should concern every American. We're bringing in the National Archives tomorrow uh, for a transcribed interview. We're going to ask all of these questions, and hopefully we'll have some answers for the American people very soon. Is it normal for VPs to take their notebooks with them when they leave office? No, nothing that Joe Biden's done with respect to mishandling these classified documents is normal. Take into consideration that he's also being investigated for influence peddling with our adversaries around the world. And it's even more concerning. Look, more information comes out every day where his son, especially, as well as his two brothers, uh, have uh, had shady business dealings with our adversaries around the world. And part of what they would do when they would make a pitch to these shady characters uh, in these foreign countries is uh, prove to them that they actually had direct access to their brother and that they had direct access to people at the highest levels of our federal government. So well, when we learned that Joe Biden had classified documents strode all over the place and that uh, Hunter Biden especially lived in his house where he had those classified documents, uh, we became extra concerned. And that's why this, this investigation uh, is of the utmost importance for the United States Congress as well as the American people. And you may recall I played a clip uh, this was uh, Friday, I believe. Yeah, I believe it was Friday. I played a clip. Go back and listen to archives from Senator Warner of Virginia 
and Marco Rubio of Florida, who are on the Senate Intel Committee, the, you know, the Senate version of the same type of committee, and they're asking for at least some kind of a an assessment of what type of classified documents are we talking about in terms of you know a general overview of what they contain. And they're getting nowhere with the Department of Justice. They're getting nowhere with um, with the president's lawyers. They're getting nowhere with the National Archives. They're getting nowhere with anybody. And again, one's a Dem and one's a Republican. And they're kind of going, well, wait a minute here. So this is starting to become bipartisan concern. All right? As to what the heck's happening here? Because this is looking fishy. What's going on? And why all the hush mouth? And so when you've got both, uh, I mean, look, Democrats and Republicans these days don't come together on anything. They, they can't even order off the same menu in a restaurant when they go to have dinner together, okay? So there's your sign when you have <laughs> a, a hard-baked, dyed-in-the-wool Democrat senator from Virginia and a hard-baked, dyed-in-the-wool firebrand Republican from Florida getting together saying, hello, uh, Biden admin. We need to know what the heck's in the, at least a, a cursory overview of what the heck's in these classified documents. Cause we are of uh, the Intel committee. We have a right to know this stuff. We may even already know what's in them, but give us a heads up. We've probably already seen the stuff, you know, cause we see all kinds of stuff every day, which they do. They're, they're briefed by the CIA NSA, all the different alphabet soups of peoples that uh, keep track of what's going on in the world and send them this, and they get these classified uh, briefings and updates. Um, so what's the deal? And it's a fair question. What's the deal, banana peel? And Comer is right to be concerned. Uh, Democrat, and he's Republican, of course. Democrat Senator Warner's got a right to be concerned. Margaret Rubio's got a right to be concerned. They're all like, what's, what's up? What's going on here? And they're wanting stuff from both the Trump, you know, the, the Trump documents that were found too. They want to, they want to look at all this stuff and say, okay, what's, you know, is there any, is there any there there? If it's just you know the menu from the White House, who cares? If it's something a little more you know in depth, state secrets or something, they want to know that. They want to know what's what's going on here. And the DOJ is being tight lipped about both things, which which sounds squirrely. Why? And they've had this Trump stuff since August. And they were going to bury the whole Biden thing, it looks like. It was the initial game plan until, oops, somebody leaked over, you know, probably during a New Year's Christmas party. Somebody ran their mouth. And then, boom, it, you know, a week later, it's big headline news. What's going on? What's up? These are fair questions. But see, fair questions these days, well, you can't, can't answer those. That doesn't for me today. Be sure to check out the websites christiantalkthatrocks.enter.com Be sure to take care of yourselves and those that you love and remember God is love. See you next time. With lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.